Local news, talk, sports, and the hits of the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Kane 107.5. Good morning and welcome to Bayou Sports here on a big hump day. Wednesday, October the 9th. Uh, a little bit of a hodgepodge this morning, of course, with all the uh, elections going on. There's some like on uh, all the other channels. But uh, they did have a, f- a few college football games on last night. We'll talk a little bit about the Saints. Uh, also, uh, high school football playoffs in the air, too, this coming uh, Friday night where we have a few of our local teams uh, will be playing. And also, we'll have a couple high school coaches on this morning uh, in our segments uh, with that. So, uh, anyway, in the meantime, uh, the Saints, you know, they never got started the other night uh, with regards to the Monday night game. And the Ravens just took advantage of uh, the Saints couldn't run the ball had to rely on the pass and uh, pretty much told the show uh, that night as the Ravens ran the ball very well and uh, also threw it well. And thank God the Saints, uh, I don't think they had any major injuries, but uh, the linebacker from Ohio State went down and went out of the game. I'm not sure uh, with result of his injury uh, in that regard. We should see something later on today with regards to the Saints injury report. Uh, Lattimore still out, Thomas on IR. Jarvis Landry, we thought maybe had an opportunity to play, but uh, we were corrected in that. Uh, he was available, but they didn't play him. Not sure why, but uh, maybe make sure to get him yeah, right. Everything's well under control. Yeah, 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 I've heard that statement before, too, at halftime. Uh, but the Saints uh, head up to Pittsburgh today, uh, I should say Friday or Saturday, excuse me, with regards to the Sunday game at kickoff at noon. And uh, the one bright spot for the Saints this year has been the rookie Chris Olave. He's uh, he's done a fantastic job for the Saints. Uh, everybody felt that uh, uh, Saints uh, didn't realize uh, the wide receiver woes we'd have this year after picking up Jarvis Landry and Michael Thomas supposedly being healthy. And uh, Chris Olive, Olive, uh, Olave has uh, picked up the slack for the Saints, Jeff. And uh, he's done a fine job, too, uh, finding open spots. And I think he's uh, a candidate for the Rookie of the Year in the National Football League if he keeps going the way he is. Yeah, if uh, they can get him the ball. Yeah. And you know, that may be a key at this point. But uh, he is what they expected, and that's why they traded up to get him. And uh, so he is uh, matching those expectations and hopes. Yeah, he certainly is. Uh, some other rookies, too, in the league. You know, look at look at where the Jets are. Who would have thought the Jets would be where they are? Their cornerback, Sauce Gardner, has done a great job for him. He's another candidate. Of course, Olive, uh, uh, he's uh, got 43 catches, 618 yards, two touchdowns. And uh, he just, you know, the constant replies we hear about him is how he runs his routes really smooth. He's got some speed to get vertical. Uh, He's done a great job for the Saints going forward. uh, Of course, with the inconsistent quarterback play, uh, he's quickly turned into the team's top pass catcher and leads all rookies with 14.9 yards per target and catch. So uh, Michael Thomas told Jarvis Landry ankle battling injuries expect uh, the rookie to continue to play a big role. So another rookie that's kind of surprising is Damian Pierce, uh, running back with the Houston Texans, who's had a pretty good year in that regard. Uh, others, uh, Tariq Wood- Woolen from the Seahawks, another cornerback. Garrett Wilson, the wide receiver. Uh, and I believe Wilson was also uh, one year teammate of uh, Olave at uh, Ohio State. So uh, 
two uh, Ohio State boys having good years in that regard. Elsewhere, uh, uh, Adrian Hutchison, you know, a big defensive end from Michigan, playing with the Lions, has done a pretty good job too. So uh, a lot of rookie uh, candidates for Rookie of the Year, and uh, we'll see how that will all transpire uh, through the course of the year. Meanwhile, uh, college football last night uh, – with all, all the politics going on, they played three games. Uh, Eastern Michigan, who the Cajuns had beaten uh, earlier this year, uh, I think the Cajuns scored 49 points in the second half to down Eastern Michigan, uh, 40, I think it was 49-28. Eastern Michigan beats Akron last night, uh, 34-28. Ohio over Miami of Ohio, 37-21. Ball State uh, knocks down Toledo. Oh, I should say Toledo knocked down Ball State, the only home team that won last night, 28-21. They got three more games on tonight. A lot of action. Yeah, all right. Anyway, three more games on tonight, along with uh, two uh, games on a Thursday night. And, of course, that Thursday night game, will the Cajuns take on uh, Georgia Southern, who comes in at 5-4. and four. Meanwhile, the Cajuns are 4-5 and five at Cajun Field. That game's going to be on ESPNU. Uh, which is the uh, um, alternate, I guess, to one and two. Um, Cajuns, well, it focuses on universities. Yeah, and the uh, Cajuns are a three-and-a-half-point pick. 60 is the over and under in that game. So uh, let's see uh, the Cajuns can get it going after having a, just a tough game last week against Troy and uh, giving up 23 consecutive points in the second half to go down to Troy, 23-17. to 17. Uh, Cajuns... Averaging about 26 points a game. Uh, Georgia Southern averaging 36 points a game. Uh, pretty impressive. They also uh, uh, generate 480 yards of total offense to the Cajuns, 361. Uh, passing yards, they're at 331. The Cajuns at 231. Uh, rushing yards, they're at 150. The Cajuns at 131. Uh, elsewhere on third down conversions, they convert 53% of their third downs. That's fifth in the country. Meanwhile, the Cajuns at 41, which is 55th. Elsewhere in fourth down, they're at 50%. They're 70th. The Cajuns at 37, at 112th. Time of possession, uh, Georgia Sutton doesn't hold on to that ball long. They're right at two, uh, 28 and a half minutes at 95th in the country. The Cajuns at 29 and a little bit for 87th defensively they give up 31 points a game so this might be a shootout unless the Cajuns want to slow the game down Cajuns give up 22 a game elsewhere in total yards Georgia Southern gives up 485 yards the Cajuns only 346 passing the uh, Georgia Southern gives up 262 the Cajuns only 216 rushing yards uh, Georgia Southern gives up uh, 223, the Cajuns uh, 130. So uh, interesting contest. Uh, the defense uh, relies, uh, Cajuns rely a little more on defense in that regard. So we'll see how that will play off. Elsewhere in college football around the state of Louisiana, the Tigers, after their big win, you wonder if they'll have a hangover uh, up in Fayetteville, Jeff, Arkansas constantly gives LSU trouble. I mean, it could be bad Arkansas teams. Heck, the year LSU won the national championship with two losses. One was to Kentucky, the other was to Arkansas. And so the Tigers uh, just uh, better beware uh, after that big win uh, over Bama in Tiger Stadium Saturday night on a two-point conversion that a lot of people still scratching their heads and uh, mm-hmm. and wondering. I kept looking at the replay yesterday, and you know it was well discussed. And, again, 
Just the uh, narrow uh, window that he had to score there but found it. That he did, too. Uh, and uh, the Tigers, uh, you think if they keep replaying it, he'll be out of bounds maybe <laughs> on about the eighth or ninth one. Nick Saban thinks, keeps open for him. <laughs> Tell you what, um, I guess Paul Feinbaum had uh, some disparaging words for Alabama after the loss, and uh, Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss is like, don't uh, give the GOAT uh, any uh, more fuel, man. Don't. This is going to be on his desk Sunday morning, and that's good. We don't need that, uh, please. Uh, and, uh, indeed, yeah, it, it could be a, a great day for LSU. Uh, they start at 11 o'clock in Fayetteville. Expecting to be cold weather, uh, but again, I do not see this as a trap game. There's too much to play for. There is, and uh, hopefully, and, and knowing that Ole Miss um, faces Alabama after you guys, uh, you know they, they they've got a lot to play for, and I just can't see him uh, losing this game. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you too. Uh, you know, Feinbaum. A lot of people don't realize he would, one time I think was the radio announcer for the Volunteers, so he's got no love for Alabama. I can assure you that. People don't realize how big of a uh, rival game that is for uh, Tennessee and Alabama. And they play on the third Saturday in uh, in October, and that's been going on for 70-plus years, too. So, uh, other than Auburn, and at one time, Alabama never played Auburn. And not only that, but not would not play Auburn. They would not play Auburn in Auburn. They would play the game in Birmingham for years in the Iron Bowl. And uh, I'm sure the Auburn fans remember that. And, of course, who can't remember the uh, – field goal kick years ago that the Auburn man returned 100 yards for a touchdown and beat Alabama. Epic game is right. So, uh, Feinbaum has no love for uh, Nick, even though uh, he's uh, in that regard. And he's also, Feinbaum's also a University of Tennessee graduate, too, uh, in that uh, regard. Anyway, elsewhere, uh, the Tigers, as we say, uh, head up to uh, Fayetteville for a big game, and uh, it is a big game for them. Like you said, not necessarily a trap game, but uh, Arkansas has got their issues too. Last yeah. week, Liberty went up there and beat them up in Fayetteville in a uh, in a game. So uh, Arkansas, is, uh, I wouldn't say they're on top of it right now either. So uh, we'll see how that's going to transpire too with the uh, Razorbacks up there. And you can sue a pig all you want, but uh, the Tigers are heading to uh, Fayetteville. Uh, they'll probably leave uh, sometime uh, Friday and get up there for the, I believe, 11 o'clock kickoff. Yeah, too. and one of the reasons I'm glad that's in Fayetteville, uh, LSU fans don't respond well at 11 in the morning, so better that they play this one on the road. Yeah, and uh, with that, uh, we'll see uh, – uh, I guess uh, everybody's pretty healthy, I believe, for the Tigers, too, in that in that ball ballgame. Uh, Jeff, uh, LSU's a three-point pick. It's on ESPN uh, at 11 o'clock. Uh, they're over and under, 64. Of course, the Tigers are averaging 35 points a game to Arkansas's 32. Elsewhere, LSU's total yardage, 441. Arkansas, 45. Pretty impressive. Anywhere when you're near 500 yards of offense in a football game. Elsewhere, uh, LSU... Throws for 257, Arkansas at 252, pretty much a square. Uh, rushing yards, uh, LSU 183, Arkansas 233. Uh, third down efficiency, LSU at 48, Arkansas at 47. Fourth down, LSU at 57, 
Arkansas at 50. Uh, time of possession, LSU uh, eats up a little over 31 minutes in the game. Arkansas at, right at 29. Defensively is where the difference comes in big time. LSU only gives up 22 points a game. Arkansas 31. Uh, total yards, uh, LSU gives up 359. Arkansas 443. Passing yards, LSU gives up 218. Arkansas gives up 302 uh, rushing yardage defensively. That is, LSU gives up 141, and Arkansas also at 141. So uh, pretty even up in that regard there. So uh, Tigers' defense needs to play with efficiency like they did last week. And they gave uh, – and I've mentioned this a few times. LSU's defensive front, in my opinion, is as good as you'll find anywhere in college football this year. And they can harass a passer, and they can get after him with a lot of speed, quickness. Not necessarily bulk, but uh, they can get after you. And uh, they've got a lot of long-legged guys that run real well and can cause anybody a, a lot of problems, too. Uh, elsewhere uh, in college football, looking to see some of the other big games on the schedule uh, this particular weekend. Uh, looking for ranked teams playing each other. Don't see anything uh, just as I'm scrolling down to the list. Yeah, Alabama at Mississippi. That should be a big game like you mentioned, <laughs> I'm sure. Fonbaum with his remarks uh, about that. Alabama at 6. Uh, of course, that was before the college football playoff poll came out. Uh, uh, Ole Miss at 11. Uh, one of the uh, rankings where two uh, ranked teams are also North Carolina at Wake Forest is a, a game against two ranked teams. North Carolina 17, Wake at 21st. TCU in Texas, that's where game day is going to be. This coming Saturday morning, as the Horn Frogs go to Texas, nine and zero. Is TCU, TCU ready for their close-up? Yeah, that's because, pretty uh, much. You, yeah, you're getting that spotlight. Number four now in the college football playoff rankings. Uh, we haven't mentioned that. Georgia number one, Ohio State number two, Michigan number three, and TCU in at number four. Tennessee, Oregon, and LSU number seven. So uh, LSU moves up three spots. Alabama fell three spots to number nine. Clemson fell. I'm not sure where they were uh, prior, but they're number ten. Yeah, it's uh, you know, and I still hear remarks about there possibly be three SEC teams in the bowl championship lineup. Uh, you know, uh, Georgia, unless they stub their toe pretty badly. I was going to uh, say the only way two SEC schools make it at this point is if LSU runs the table and wins the SEC championship, and Georgia plays a tight SEC championship game, and that's their only loss. That's the only way I see two SEC teams in the uh, Yeah, uh, you know, Tennessee would have uh, one loss, essentially, uh, but I just don't see three. Of course, Ohio State still got to play Michigan, and uh, that's going to decide who's going to end up uh, in one of the other top fours. And like you said, with regards to TCU, if they run the table, uh, you can't deny them in that regard. Uh, of course, you've got a couple teams out in the West Coast in UCLA and USC uh, that are wondering if they'll ever get into that uh, championship series. But in the meantime, it's TCU. Uh, they're their own destiny, whether or not they can stay undefeated. Uh, they're 9-0 and heading to Texas this weekend. Texas at 6-3. and uh, Texas is a touchdown pick. 
The over and under of this game is uh, 65. It'll be interesting to see how Texas defense plays TCU. TCU, uh, they've got over 500 yards of offense in each game. Of course, Texas 447. But TCU's averaging 43 points a game. Of course, Tennessee was averaging 50 points a game when they went to Athens uh, two weeks ago or 10 days ago. And they were held to 13 points throughout the game. So, uh Anyway, who knows what happened, and it rained, too, uh, in Athens uh, in the second half to slow down Tennessee's uh, offense, so not sure. But Texas play uh, – Georgia plays on turf – I mean, uh, grass. Uh, Texas plays on turf, so I uh, don't know if they'll have a difference in the game or not, but uh, uh, we'll sign, find out uh, come Saturday. And uh, trying to see, Jeff, who were the big – who's the big matchups uh, Saturday night in college football uh, this coming weekend – as I'm scrolling through, uh, um, of course, the Texas and TCU game is at 6.30. Uh, trying to see who, who might be the uh, 2.30 game. Should be uh, Alabama and uh, Ole Miss at, at uh, 2.30, yes. And then uh, at uh, 11 o'clock, um, not sure. Of course, LSU and Arkansas. So, there'll be your three games to watch that particular uh Day Saturday, uh, 11 o'clock, LSU at Arkansas, 2.30, uh, Alabama at Ole Miss, and, of course, TCU at Texas later on that night. So, interesting lineup for college football this uh, coming uh, weekend, and we'll see how things prevail. And Like you said, you gave out the uh, college football uh, playoff. Uh, and kudos to Tulane, number 17. They are, and they take on UCF at uh, Yulman Stadium uh Saturday afternoon at 2.30, and yours truly will be there along with a few other friends. So uh, we'll see how the Greenies do against uh, uh, the Knights. The Greenies favored by a couple points. Uh, of course, that's probably because of home field. So uh, we'll see how the Greenies do and keep their uh, – they're one of a few teams in the country have a road winning streak, if you can believe that. Uh, I think they've won a few games in a row on the road, which uh, today it looks like hard to do in college football. So – in the meantime, uh, Jeff, uh, we got a couple high school coaches uh, 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 waiting. Uh, we'll have uh, hopefully Audie Lauza. Hope we can catch him out of class this particular uh, day, and uh, meaning that he substitutes sometimes for teachers uh, that uh, are out or missing a, a class. So uh, we'll see if we can get Audie on. He's got a big ball game Friday night as uh, they're in the playoffs as a, I believe, division um, non-select division four. four. Yes, yes uh, as he takes on, I do believe, Delhi in a game uh, uh, in Delcom. They have a home game, and uh, we'll no, see. No, no, they're on the road. They're on the road at Delhi. I thought that they finished up. Yeah, you're right. They were, what, 20, 23rd, 21st uh, in uh, the division, I do believe. Um, so we'll see how his team does with uh, Parker LeBlanc and Jackson Wiggins, uh, his fine, their fine tailback. Uh and um, had a pretty good year. Uh, lost a couple tough games, uh, but uh, uh, Artie, uh, he's got his team, Delcom team, moving in the right direction. So that's always a plus for them. Uh, meanwhile, at uh, 745, we'll have on Coach Rick Hudson with the Holland Baptist Bears to speak about his season and his game last uh, Friday night. Uh, for the Bears, so a uh, lot going on right now. And just uh, for clarification, you you were thinking Jennerette with the home game against Delhi. Yeah, that's it. You're right. Delcom. Delcom's uh, at White Castle. That's right. You're correct about that. Yeah, I forgot about that. And uh, not familiar with White Castle. I know they've had some excellent basketball teams over the years uh, in that area of the state along the river. But uh, we'll see uh, as uh, Artie Lauza brings his. Uh, 
uh, Delcom Panthers uh, to take on the, the White Castle team. So, uh, anyway, that's about it for right now. Jeff, and left you have yep, anything. Let's go ahead and uh, take the break and right. see if Coach Lyons is available. All right. So, you're listening to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. We'll be back with more right after this. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with L.A. Classic Roofing. We're a third-generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at L.A. Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. L.A. Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. Hey, guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Cane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy. The Quarter Tavern is the premier spot for live music on Thursday, Southern Jack Productions, and Saturday, it's Cajun Roots. Remember, never a cover at the Quarter Tavern, Quarter Tavern, 910 East Main, across from McDonald's, the best ring prices in Newberry. Domestic beer now just $2, imports $3 all day, every day, other than during bands and special benefits. 19 TVs has you covered for the Saints and LSU, and no bar with more outdoor seating. Don't forget the Quarter Tavern, now serving fresh fruit, margaritas, and daiquiris. I am Jacob Lander, and I'm tired of seeing Louisiana fumble away good-paying jobs to our neighbors across the Sun Belt. That's why I'm running for state representative of District 49, because bringing opportunity back to Louisiana is a touchdown for all of us. As your next state representative, I will work hard to expand vocational training programs so that all of our people can have the tools to succeed. I am Jacob Landry, and I am a proven job creator. All I need is your support and your vote. Paid for by the Jacob Landry for Louisiana campaign. Celebrating 75 years in business, Danos has been setting the standard for generations. Become part of something bigger. Join the team. We're currently hiring for a variety of offshore positions in both our production and construction divisions, and you can apply right now at danos.com or call us at 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people. That's Danos. Now back to Bayou Sports. Phone lines are open to talk sports at 367-1240. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on a big hump day, Wednesday, October, oh, shoot, November the 9th. Man, I'm jumping back. Anyway, in the meantime, uh, we're hoping to get Coach Laozi up on the uh, Laozi up on the line. Uh, we've had, uh, uh, I guess, uh, we can't get hold of him right now. Hopefully, have a text into him see if he'll respond. But in the meantime, the Bulldogs uh, might be him there. Jeff, let's see. Yeah, let's uh, go to the phones and say hello. You're in the air. Hey, this is Coach Laozi. Hey, hey, Coach. Coach. Appreciate you joining us. We know sometimes you have to cover a class on uh, these Wednesday mornings, but. Appreciate you joining us. Um, let's uh, first recap uh, the tough night at Lauraville, uh, but uh, still getting you into the postseason. Yeah, you know, we did have a tough night. Obviously, Lauraville is a very good ball team. Um, we did have some bright spots in our passing game that really uh, we're excited about going into the playoffs. And, uh, you know, looking at um, looking at our playoff opponent there, it's going to be going to be a tough night. They like to 
run the ball a lot. They do a lot of triple option and, and have some good athletes in the backfield and some big kids on the line. But uh, it's going to be kind of a ground-and-pound type of game. If we can put the ball in the air a little bit, it might give us an advantage. Understood. What were some of the keys to uh, the successful passing night Friday night? Uh, again, d- despite the loss, but still, uh, what were the bright spots you saw? Well, I, you know, Parker just threw the ball with a lot of confidence, and, and that's something that we've been looking for all year. And We saw it in practice all week leading up to the game and uh, just felt like he was ready to go. And, you know, we, you know, it wasn't a perfect night pass, and I think we were 11 for 22, something like that, 180 yards about somewhere in there. And our receivers did a good job of going up and getting a few 50-50 balls that they had to battle for. So we saw good things on both sides, quarterback and receiver, and, you know, hopefully we can carry that over this week. You know, Saturday morning when we spoke, you had a pretty good idea you were going to take on White Castle. What have you learned about the team since uh, Saturday? Yeah, you know, uh, White Castle's pretty good with ball control type of an offense, triple option type of a threat. So, you know, we've been practicing assignment football on defense all week. And, uh, you know, it's, they, they might break a, break a few, but if we can contain them for the most part, we're going to give ourselves a chance there. And uh, hopefully we can move the ball on them. I don't know that they've seen many offenses during the season that do what we do on offense so that's a slight advantage there going uh, into the first week of the playoffs uh, coach uh with white castle uh how do you uh match up with them size wise and uh do they i know you have a few young men that go uh, both ways for you is that uh their particular uh uh case too where they'll have a few players going both ways for them yeah they have a good bit of guys going both ways for them just like we do uh size wise um, you know, we have the two big boys, 77 and 72, oh, the yeah. Olivier brothers. Um, they, they're our big guys. I think, uh, I think White Castle has about five or six of those. Okay. Uh, and, and we have two of them. So, uh, that's about how we match up size wise. But, uh, but no, they, they do. They have some solid, solid stout kids up front. And, uh, a lot of them play both ways though. So, you know, as that goes, they get tired as the game goes on. So, that that's one of the things we're really looking at in the playoffs here. We're kind of we're in that division four, so we feel like we're with those teams that are more similar to to us rather than the teams we play in district. Coach, uh, what do the fans uh, need to know about making the trip to White Castle? Well, it's going to be um, ten dollars at the gate, and um, they said no no uh, restrictions at the gate as far as clear bags or anything like that. So ten dollars at the gate looks like they have a nice stadium turf field. Um, not much to eat in White Castle, they said, so you might want to stop in Morgan City on the way and pick up something to eat. And about an hour and 45-minute drive, and we'll be ready for some football. There you go. Once again, Coach, uh, we wish you the best of luck in preparation. Uh, we'll chat Saturday morning one way or the other, but, uh, again, best of luck in the rest of your week of preparation. All right. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. All you right. Bet. Good luck to you, appreciate Coach. It. Yes, and, uh, of course, uh, the Delcom Panthers uh, – heading to uh, White Castle and, uh, you know, what he said through Morgan City. So I guess the advice would be as you go through Morgan City, you get off uh, off the bridge and you're going to head up uh, Louisiana Highway 70 uh, up to uh, White Castle. And once you get up towards that way, um, I'm trying to think the next highway you take it because I've gone that way a few times to avert uh, from crossing the Chafalaya Basin when – 
you know, you don't want to get caught up in an accident or whatever the incident may be or the traffic that, for that regard, crossing the bridge at I-10 uh, over the Mississippi River. So uh, if you hadn't uh, want to go so see— So you mean White Castle doesn't have a White Castle? No, it's not, uh, not in that regard at all. They've had some pretty fine basketball teams over the years, too, and I'm talking about for the past 50 years. And uh, they—football, uh, I'm just not familiar with them at all— uh, but uh, like uh, Coach Laosa said, they've got a couple of large kids. I uh, don't know what the speed factor would be for the uh, Bulldogs. They show their record on Max, Max Preps at 7-4. and four. They score points now. They're, they're averaging about 32 points a game, but they give up also 22 points a game. So uh, um, uh, Delcom has the opportunity uh, to get their run game going. Of course, another factor that Coach Laosa mentioned this morning at uh, Park LeBlanc throwing the football pretty well against Allorville the other night, and that could uh, offset, uh, um, you know, and give uh, the Bulldog defense some things to look at with regards to uh, dropping back and throwing the football off a play action, uh, trying to bait them with uh, Jackson Wiggins, the fine tailback for the Delcom Panthers. Elsewhere, uh, Jeff, um, with regards to that, of course, in a few moments, uh, we'll go get Coach Rick Hudson on, our second high school uh, football coach here on uh, Bayou Sports. And he'll tell us about his year in the game uh, this past uh, Friday night uh, for his uh, Bears team. And uh, right now, uh, uh, I think Coach Hudson, uh, just to go over what uh, took place this year, you know, anybody that goes through four quarterbacks, you know, they've had a pretty tough year. And trying to teach another uh, young man uh, just in the get, get when you get into a game and the action seems like it's just blowing by you, the better players over a period of time slow the game down and see things that uh, they didn't see initially with uh, action. But, uh, you know, for Coach Hudson, you know, he had first he had a quarterback uh, reported uh, through some of the paper and articles of being a good player for him. And he didn't show up or moved on. Then he had a, another young man come in. Then that young man got hurt. And then another one got hurt. And he ended up with, what, his fourth quarterback during the course of the year. I can't remember when he came in to the season and what game. But, uh, you know, numbers play so important part in high school football when you can have 40 or 50 players on your team and uh, just find another good athlete to, to run your system. Yeah, and, and again, that points to the fact that uh, you, you try and play teams of that level. That's why there are the different classifications uh, in hopes that there is some equity, but uh, there's always going to be some uh, imbalance. There is, and uh, and you fight through that, and uh, you try to keep your team uh, positive and forward, looking forward in that regard, but uh, sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. And, uh, you know, as Coach Hudson mentioned to us, uh, numbers play an important part, and uh, he just didn't have a whole lot of kids to uh, play with in single A, and that's due to the case that, uh, I don't know, uh, and I don't know what the cutoff is for single A, but uh, I'm pretty sure it's around 200 students, maybe 225. And, and uh, if you got to consider uh, most of that, or half of that at least, will be female. So you cut your squad down to uh, – maybe a handful of kids, uh, and not everybody wants to play football. They play other sports. So numbers become a big factor, especially when you're playing 11-man football and uh, you're playing a lot of kids two ways. So um, it's just tough. It really is, So especially single-A football teams. And and playing both ways uh, probably opens you up to a better chance of injury, too. That's right, yeah. You, you, fatigue takes a, a whole new meaning, too, when you're playing uh, 48 minutes of high school football. 
and especially we're not talking about some of the best of fields too in that regard uh, uh but they've gotten a lot better over the years so a lot of schools have turf now so yeah interesting question in the nfl uh, they've been talking about turf a lot of players saying uh, injuries uh, are more prominent on turf and uh, jerry jones uh, is saying that's not the case if you look at the statistics there's just as many injuries on natural grasses and I would imagine that's per capita, so to speak. Uh, I'm not sure if there's an exact balance of turf fields versus uh, natural grass fields. But it seems to me the National Football League, if if there are issues with turf fields, are they talking about uh, sowing between the turf? Um, they can't be talking about the surface. You, you and I have both walked on those fields. Uh, they're pretty nice surfaces. Yes, they are. Um, and, and, again, the opportunity to... Uh, it's it, it's got to be something where they're concerned about the stitching together, and, you know those five yard. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing they're five yard strips um, all the way across, uh, maybe ten at best. And unless that's uh, the issue, uh, certainly you can correct those things. Yeah, I agree. And uh, one. Mystery uh, in that regard. The turf toe is not because you're playing on turf. No. You know, you can get a turf toe on grass. A, a turf toe basically is a sprain of some kind of ligament damage in your uh, toe or being stepped on, creating those issues. So it's not the turf toe is not because you're playing on turf. It's just an turf injury. Turf toe can happen on a basketball hard court. Thank you. And uh, happening uh, on cement uh, in that regard. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's uh, it's just uh, something that came into play uh, with a, a definition, and uh, they use that today. And uh, but the turf toe is not because you played on turf and you hurt your toe. It's it's a sprain or ligament damage or maybe even a broken toe. Uh, uh, that's more ways of the injury can take place. So uh, just uh, having a turf toe is not uh, uh, playing on turf. So uh, and and it's usually your big toe too. It's uh, which is a uh, Pretty much it keeps you upright and forward. Uh, anyway, Jeff, um, just about that time to yeah. take another break, and let's see if we can get Coach Hudson on the line and talk about his team this year. You're listening to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. We'll be back with Coach Hudson right after this. The athletic field provides challenges that test the competitor. It is in that challenge that you realize you can accomplish things you have never thought you could accomplish. I am Jacob Landry, and I'm running for state representative in District 49. I've created hundreds of jobs, good-paying jobs, that families can build prosperous lives based on those jobs. This is my challenge, and I need your help. Your vote and your support will ignite a bright new future for all of us. Paid for by the Jacob Landry for Louisiana campaign. Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows. 
With more than 50 years of pain diagnosis and pain relief experience, Headache and Pain Center offers the latest in interventional pain relief techniques at two locations in Gray and here in New Iberia. Compassionate board certified physicians and the caring staff offer minimally invasive ultrasound and fluoroscopy guided procedures that diminish or eliminate pain without open surgery, opioids, or major downtime. When you're in pain, you know who to call. Headache and Pain Center, 337-560-0880 or go to AnswerToPain.com. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with L.A. Classic Roofing. We're a third-generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at L.A. Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. L.A. Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. Hi, this is Boxcar Bajero inviting you to join me and PGA Golf Professional Teddy Slyman for Chip Shots. Mondays from 5 to 6 p.m. we'll take an in-depth look at the local, state, and national golf scenes. And we invite you to chip in with your calls at 367-1240. Chip Shots is sponsored by the Coca-Cola Bottling Company, GolfBalls.com, and our local golf clubs, Eagle Ridge, Kangaroo, and Sugar Oaks. So let's make a tea time for 5 p.m. on Mondays for Chip Shots on Kane. Stream us live on Kane1240.com and catch the podcast the next day. Now back to Bayou Sports on the all-new Kane 107.5. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on a big uh, hump day, Wednesday, uh, November the 9th. And uh, on the line with us is head football coach of the Highland Baptist Bears, Coach Rick Hudson. Good morning, Coach, and as always, welcome to the show. Good morning, guys. Hey, Coach, uh, I know uh, basically uh, you played your last uh, game, I believe, of the year uh, uh, against the uh, Central Catholic, another fine football team in Class A out of Morgan City. And uh, I, I know uh, you've had uh, – you were mentioned last week on the show that, uh, you know, numbers come into play so importantly. And uh, being on your fourth quarterback during the course of the year uh, adds to those numbers or, or lack of numbers for you. And why don't you just kind of uh, rehash uh, what went over uh, last Friday night and then uh, just go through uh, your season with uh, the Highland Baptist Bears. Well, Friday night was not a pretty picture for us. Uh, they're a really talented team, and they've got one of the top backs in the state. Uh, in fact, I think uh, Friday night uh, he ended up going over uh, school records for career touchdowns and, and career yardage. And, uh, you know, he's a, like I said, he's a really super back. Uh, he's had some injury problems the last couple of years, and so we had really seen him at full strength, but we got full strength uh, a Friday night, and, and he's, He's um, he's everything is advertised. He's he's a great back and he's physical and he's fast and he was a little bit too much for our guys. Yeah, I know you had a chance to talk to him after the game and uh, congratulated him on moving on to the next level. Uh, in I'm, I might even attend graduation down there <laughs> just to confirm that he's not coming back. There you go. Now, recap your season as a whole: the ups, uh, the downs, uh, and uh, where you go from here. Well, you know, we we started out two and zero, and we're actually pretty optimistic after the uh, the second ball game. We had a new quarterback with Parker Perry, and he uh, was really developing quickly. And uh, then we kind of hit a little bit of a hiccup week three. We got beat by by St. John's after leading at halftime, and uh, and really kind of felt like we let one slip away in the fourth quarter of that game. And uh, then we go into week four, and we've got Hanson, who, you know, finished 8-2, and two, and the only two losses were to VC and Central Catholic. 
and uh, and thought we you know played pretty well uh, defensively that night. But the the worst thing that happened was you know Parker broke his uh, broke his ankle in the game in the in the second series of the game, and and really from that point on in the season, I, we we really struggled offensively uh, to move the ball and to score points. So uh, that was kind of the, I guess, the, the turning point of our season, uh, especially for us offensively. Uh, we had four games where we led at halftime. Uh, St. John was one of those games, and and uh, Centerville was one of those games. Maryville was one of those games. And I'm drawing a blank on the fourth one right off the top of my head, but we had four games where we led at halftime and just weren't able to uh, – to do enough offensively in the second half to maintain our lead. And, you know, if we could have won a couple of those ball games, we'd be playing this Friday night. Yeah, no doubt. Coach, uh, tell us uh, who you lose from this football team and who you hope uh, can step up. Well, we you know, we lose just a handful of seniors, uh, especially compared to what's gone on the last two years. You know, uh, three years ago we had 13 seniors in our, in our class, and then last year we had nine seniors. So... So you're talking about 22 seniors in a, in a two-year gap. Uh, this year we're going to lose six seniors, uh, and uh, but only but only three of those six seniors have really been playing uh, for the last year or two. So uh, uh, not not to say that it, you know we're not going to miss them because we are, but uh, but not nearly as large a group as we've had the last couple of years. And so we've got a lot of people coming back for next year. There you go. How do you, uh, and when I use the term recruit, I'm going to use it in the way existing Highland students get them on the football field. Well, we've got we've got two or three kids here at school this year that said they're going to come out next year that, that haven't played. Uh, we really don't have that many uh, walk in the halls like you might at some schools where you've got a lot of kids walk in the halls that don't participate, but the vast majority of our of our uh, male athletes uh, are in athletics right now and most of them play uh, multiple sports very good and as far as uh, the future uh, of highland football uh, do you feel it's uh, getting better uh, if you can just maybe avoid those injury issues again it, it is and and you know we also had uh, one young man who transferred in this year and had to sit out because of the lhsa transfer rules because he doesn't live in our zone who I think is going to be a big asset for us next year, uh, based on his prior experience at, at his previous school, which was Turling's Catholic. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I, I'm optimistic about next year, getting Parker back and getting him healed up and ready to go. Uh, I, I think he's he's got all the qualities we need to have a, a solid quarterback who throw, throws the ball well and runs the ball well. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to next year. Real good. How about uh, other uh, sports uh, over in Highland uh, these days? Well, volleyball finished up last week. Cross Country has their state meet coming up on Monday in Natchitoches. And uh, I think our girls team has a possibility to uh, finish very high, even a possibility to win state, uh, you know, depending on how they do, which is, which is kind of exciting. And then our boys team should, should place well, uh, place high as well. So i uh, got that coming up on Monday and then, Boys and girls basketball and boys and girls soccer have already started, and it won't be long before they'll have their games. Our, our girls basketball team has already had their first scrimmage and scrimmage Hanville the other night, and uh, very very competitive with them. I think you know it's a scrimmage, so you don't really worry about the points. But I think it was a three point loss for us against the five A school. So uh, you know, I, I think we can look for another good season out of our girls basketball program for sure. Real good. 
Well, Coach, it's been a pleasure having you on these uh, Wednesday mornings and, of course, Saturday mornings as well. Uh, We'll check in uh, on occasion, though, throughout the rest of the school year, but appreciate you joining us on these Wednesdays. It's been uh, a pleasure as always. Well, thank you, guys, and thank you all for what you do to give uh, a a little highlight on uh, all the schools in our parish, uh, all the athletes, and and all our programs. We appreciate that. Yeah, Coach, uh, thank you for joining us each Wednesday, and good luck uh, in, in the future with your program. Thank you, sir. All right. Take care, Coach. Okay. Appreciate Coach Rick Hudson uh, joining us. Uh, Again, uh, we're going to see these coaches kind of fall off uh, as uh, the postseason uh, continues on. And, you know, um, again, appreciate uh, Coach Hudson. uh, Personally for me, you know, 21 years of doing the Saturday show, he's been there each and every Saturday. Yeah, that's pretty. Almost without fail. Yeah, that's uh, pretty respectful, too. And, uh Anyway, he uh, just does a good job, uh, football knowledge. Uh, he's a knowledgeable uh, coach uh, with regards. Uh, he's just, you know, at a small single-A school and uh, enjoying it. Uh, I'm sure the kids, uh, uh, like any kids, uh, get into trouble and mischief and all. But uh, the numbers, you know, and, and that's so important at uh, some of these single-A schools. you got to keep the kids healthy, but it's something you can't control. And uh, when you have maybe 30 kids out on the team, uh, you know, uh, including uh, maybe even freshmen. And sometimes uh, you have good years when you hopefully have maybe a big uh, senior class of uh, 12, 14, even 15 players that uh, have some experience. And it uh, looks like uh, he mentioned uh, he's only going to lose, I believe, six seniors this year. Yeah, and, so, and only three with real depth. Right, yeah, I'm yeah. sure some played on special teams and all. But uh, anyway, uh, good luck to Coach. Uh, he does a fine job in just a – uh, find uh, um, uh, resource for uh, training and uh, being with young people. So uh, hats off to him. Uh, meanwhile, Jeff, I saw this uh, uh, this morning came up uh, talking about the TV, uh, the ratings uh, with regards to the football games over the weekend. And, of course, the Georgia-Tennessee game drew a little over 13 million viewers, and they had a 6.7 rating, the highest among the regular season games since 2019. LSU-Alabama drew 7.6 million viewers, making it the most watched regular season game uh, uh, since 2016 and the network's sixth uh, uh Largest regular season audience ever. Elsewhere on the other side, uh, Saturday evening, uh, the World Series drew uh, 12.55 million viewers, making it the least watched game six in the World Series history. Uh, The only other ones uh, uh, above it, I think, were 2021 and 2020, I believe, uh, of course, the COVID years. Surprising in in some decent media markets too yeah that's um, houston right. and philadelphia both top 10 media markets so. that's right just surprise you're right surprisingly anyway the bonus stat that georgia tennessee is the fourth college football I, I, game. I hate to interrupt but uh, just in in thinking about houston i wonder if there's still uh, a national kind of uh, contempt for the astros because of the uh, sign ceiling and just because of that, uh, maybe not as much interest. Yeah, maybe the tarnishment, yeah, the 2017 no. series with the uh, supposedly signals to uh, – and you recall when uh, uh, Tuve hit the home run, he wouldn't let him tear his shirt off, <laughs> thinking people thinking, well, he's mic'd up. Never did see that, but, uh, you know, you think the other guys on the team would know that. Anyway, mm-hmm. but uh, neither here nor there. Of course, going back uh, years in baseball – 
course, everybody felt uh, the home run Bobby Thompson hit to beat the Dodgers. The Giants were getting all the signals being <laughs> sent in from center field. If you ever, of course, you can't go to the polo grounds anymore. It's torn down. But center field was 460 feet away. So it was kind of tough to signals uh, yeah. the, the guy at the plate, and you could see it. So anyway, in the meantime. But the bonus stat, the Tennessee-Georgia uh, game this past weekend, uh, the fourth college football game to exceed – 10 million viewers uh, this season with Ohio State, Michigan, and more still to come. Only two such games did that all of last year. So uh, uh, just uh, college football, um, uh, just what can I say in that regard? So uh, got a couple big games on this week. Uh, I think I'm trying to recall if the Pelicans play tonight. They're playing pretty good basketball right now. So uh, with the uh, New Orleans uh, team and uh, they – just to pull that up real quickly, yeah, they play the Bulls tonight uh, in Chicago. Uh, both teams at five hundred, five and five for the Pelicans, six and six for the uh, for the Bulls. And Williamson's back on the court. Uh, Zion Williamson, uh, New Orleans, believe it or not, Jeff's two point pick tonight over and under two thirty two, and uh, we'll see how that transpires. Maybe we'll talk a little bit about that tomorrow morning. Of course, we'll have another coach on tomorrow morning. Two, uh, two. That's right. That's right. We have, we missed out on Coach Martin. And uh, we'll have him on tomorrow morning around 8 o'clock to talk about his Lorville Tigers taking on uh, their first playoff game. So uh, We'll also do a season wrap with Coach Learman at Nish. That's right. And who had a big win over the Mighty Lions of Lafayette uh, this past uh, last Friday. So uh, hats off to him. It's always nice to win your last game, too. And going into the playoffs, you Everybody in the eight divisions, only uh, eight teams will be able to say they won their last game uh, in the playoffs. So uh, it'll be interesting as we have a few of our local teams uh, looking to uh, move forward for state championships. And I do believe they play all of them in the Dome this year. So they, they uh, will. The, the last couple of years, you know, some teams got to afford the ability to play them, I think, in Yulman and uh, Cajun Field and different places for high school football. So it uh, should be pretty interesting in that regard. Anyway, we're going to go ahead and take our next break and uh, head into our last one. You're listening to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. We'll be back with more right after this. Hey, guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Kane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy. With more than 50 years of pain diagnosis and pain relief experience, Headache and Pain Center offers the latest in interventional pain relief techniques at two locations in Gray and here in New Iberia. Compassionate board certified physicians and the caring staff offer minimally invasive ultrasound and fluoroscopy guided procedures that diminish or eliminate pain without open surgery, opioids, or major downtime. When you're in pain, you know who to call. Headache and Pain Center, 337-560-0880 or go to answer to pain.com. Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows. 
The Quarter Tavern is the premier spot for live music on Thursday, Southern Jack Productions, and Saturday, it's Cajun Roots. Remember, never a cover at the Quarter Tavern, Quarter Tavern, 910 East Main, across from McDonald's, the best drink prices in DeBerry. Domestic beer, now just $2, imports $3 all day, every day, other than during bands and special benefits. 19 TVs has yet covered for the Saints and LSU, and no bar with more outdoor seating. Don't forget the Quarter Tavern, now serving fresh fruit, margaritas, and daiquiris. What does the 50th anniversary of Title IX mean? It means I'm valued. I'm empowered. I can do anything. It means I'll pave the way for every girl who plays high school sports in the future. Just like every female student, coach, official, and administrator blazed the trail for me. Because every student deserves the opportunity to play. Encourage girls you know to participate in Louisiana high school sports. This message presented by the LHSAA and the Louisiana High School Athletic Directors Association. Now back to Bayou Sports. Phone lines are open to talk sports at 367-1240. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on a big hump day, Wednesday, August. Uh, there I go again, November the uh, 9th. Meanwhile, Jeff, you know, a player out there, a wide receiver's out there. I think he's healing up. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr., uh, is. A, I think he's going to be available soon. I don't, You're hearing more and more noise about him. That's um, right. Making a decision soon. And, you know, again, it, it may depend uh, exactly when he's ready that a team is ready to commit to him. That's right. And he is a free agent. So uh, they've got teams uh, looking to uh, add him on to their roster. And, uh, of course, a lot of the talk is the Cowboys uh, chatting about him uh, much so uh, as Jerry Jones even on, uh, I think, on one of the, the radio shows, his name came up. And the Cowboys head coach Mike McCarthy has also recently spoken positively about uh, Beckham. And last week, Jay Glazier of uh, Fox reported that whole Beckham Jr. will finally be cleared by the end of the week. Uh, of course, he tore, uh, tore his ACL in the Rams Super Bowl win over the Bengals last year. And among the teams uh, that are interested in him are the Bills, the Cowboys, the Rams, the Giants, the 49ers, the Chiefs, and the Packers. One name that suspiciously is absent. I wonder if the, even a hometown boy, if the Saints would be interested in with uh, their lack of wide receivers of productivity other than Olave playing well. Um, anyway, I, I don't see where anywhere his name is mentioned in that regard. So uh, case remains to be seen. Uh, we'll see if Odell Beckham Jr. has an opportunity. Played at Newman. So we'll have the, an opportunity in the uh, coming week to uh, sign with somebody and report. Elsewhere, it's being reported, too, that Buffalo's Bills starting quarterback, uh, Josh Allen, has a right elbow injury in his ulnar collateral ligament. And uh, you fantasy players, you're going to have to keep an eye on that uh, if Josh is going to be able to play this week uh, in that regard. So uh, uh, going even deeper before the regular season began, there was similar optimism regarding Matthew Stafford's elbow injury. Boy, and, you know, Jeff, he hadn't looked good at all all no. year, too. I mean, of course, the Rams' offensive line has some holes in it, and he's basically running for his life. He and Cooper Cup are uh, still doing a pretty good job. But in the meantime, you know, it's hard to believe the Rams won the Super Bowl last year. When you look at them over the course of the year with some games, uh, they just there's no cohesion at all with, uh, with regards to that. And if they score 20 points, uh, that's a high for them, it seems like. 24 might be uh, – uh, another uh, high for them. But in the meantime, um, and you see in the Ravens, the way they took apart the Saints, too, they just didn't let the Saints running game get going at all through the course of the game. And uh, 
Um, there, are, there, are, there's some issues there the Saints need to address. So, and then you wonder, will Dennis Allen uh, change quarterbacks? Uh, is that is that going to happen again? So I don't know. I hadn't heard anything in that regard. So we'll hear the injury report later on today. We'll maybe talk about it a little bit tomorrow with who's available and who's not available for this for the Saints this weekend. I think Andy Dalton's last game starting will be this Sunday unless he performs well and the Saints win. Yeah. Uh, t- Otherwise, uh, you gotta you got to give Jameis Winston. Uh, he shouldn't have lost his starting job uh, because of injury anyway. Yeah, that's, that's the old axiom uh, that uh, – you're not supposed to lose your job due to an injury. If you're the better player, you should be playing. So Saints head to Pittsburgh uh, uh, Sunday and take on the Steelers, who are having their issues right now. Yeah. Uh, they'll be starting Kenny Pickett, uh, the fine uh, Pittsburgh quarterback, meaning uh, played at the University of Pittsburgh Panthers. He'll be starting for the Steelers. And the Saints had a chance to draft him, but uh, wasn't meant to be as they took the big tackle. Speaking of uh, Trevor Penning, he's supposedly uh, walking around in a boot right now, maybe be able to get into the last few games for the Saints, uh, maybe. For the playoff run. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah, right, <laughs> uh, next year. Anyway, in the meantime, uh, that's what we're talking about. So uh, a lot of, lot of action tonight, high school football. We'll have a couple more coaches on tomorrow to talk about their team. So uh, in the meantime, Josh Learman along with uh, Terry Martin, who uh, we've got back on, uh, uh, we missed Tuesday, but he'll be back on Thursday. So uh, elsewhere, Jeff, um, don't know if you have anything else before we get to today in sports history. Here's one interesting factoid, and it really surprised me, but uh, four games, NFL games, out of the 13 games, I guess there are four uh, teams in a bye week, but four four teams, uh, four games finished with the same score, 20 to 17. Really? And no other time in the Super Bowl era has that occurred where four teams finished with the same score. And that's not necessarily 20 to 17, not that score, but the same score. And it surprised me that uh, after 66 years or or 56 years. Especially uh, with 32 teams and 16 games. You know, so again, uh, very surprising. Uh, And, you know, because... 21-14 21-14 is not that atypical. 28-21, not that atypical. But it surprised me. The Chargers beat the Falcons. Uh, the Jets beat the Bills. Uh, Vikings beat the Commanders. Chiefs beat the Titans in overtime. They needed overtime to get that score. But uh, still, just a, a little surprising that that had never occurred, but it did for the first time this past weekend. Yeah, it did. And uh, I look back, I, I you know, with all these old Saint fans, I'll never forget uh, – the Saints lost to the Falcons this years ago when Irk Slavin was trying to throw the football. <laughs> uh, the uh, Saints got beat 20-17 to 17 twice, or two or three times in a row, by the Falcons. And lo and behold, uh, the Saints are playing the uh, game in the Dome in the infamous pass by Irk Slavin. And the Falcons end up beating the Saints that day 40-34. Uh, to 34 which mm. was two times 20 and 17. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the comments from the sports writers in New Orleans <laughs> took hold of that. So uh, that was that infamous game. And Billy Rickman, I think, in that game caught a touchdown pass for the Falcons that particular Sunday afternoon in the Dome. So uh, I remember that game. I was there and cheering 
for our beloved Saints, but it wasn't meant to be as the Falcons beat the Saints 40-34. Uh, to uh, 34. And I do believe that's the year the Saints went 1-15 mm. in that particular year, uh, 1980, I do believe. Uh, that Is that game. the bad year? Yeah, that was the bad year when it got started and Buddy D and all that crowd, New Orleans wearing their bags and the Saint fans. Uh, there were a couple of years uh, the bags could have made comebacks too, but uh, not as they did uh, that particular year. But anyway, neither here nor there. Anyway, um, today in sports history, November the 9th, Anyway, in 1950, Philly skipper Eddie Sawyer is selected manager of the year for the Wiz Kids. And I pulled up a little article, the Wiz Kids. Some, some uh, interesting things about the Wiz Kids. That was a 1950 Philly team for you baseball fans. Uh, you know, uh, you were born after 1980 uh, or even 70 where things got going. Uh, the Wiz Kids was a team that uh, of youngsters. The Phillies had been in a World Series in 35 years. And the average age of that team was 26 years old, which is back then pretty phenomenal. And, and remember, back then, too, only eight teams. So that's right. So to, to have a 35-year drought. That's right. That's right. And they had a bunch of bonus babies. They spent some money to buy, get some bonus babies in. They uh, beat the defending National League champion, the Brooklyn Dodgers, in in the last two weeks. And the series opened uh, uh, and against the Yankees that year. But some of the players on that team, when you look back on them, uh, Robin Roberts, a Hall of Fame pitcher, was on that team, that Phillies team. Also pitched a little bit with the Astros back in the the day uh dick sisler was on that team of course his father uh george sisler was mm. uh, hit 400 twice in the major leagues uh they had a few other players kirk simmons who played with the cardinal teams in this early late 50s early 60s but there were most of these kids and they were kids that were 21 22 23 and uh robin Ro- richie ashburn was on that team of course he was a broadcaster for the phillies from many many years dale ennis was on that team jim constanty was the MVP of the National League. He was 33. He was the old man on the team. And he he was a relief pitcher. And he started the first game of the World Series. The Yankees ended up beating him four straight, though. But the, the one man, moment I would like to tell you, Eddie Watkins was the first baseman on that team. He's the player in the natural they talk about when Robert Redford gets shot. Mm-hmm. He, was, he was shot by, oh, wow. by a woman. And uh, in that particular uh, season, and uh, that's where the natural, the author of the natural who escapes me, built that into the uh, show, uh, the movie. And but Eddie Watkins was the young man that was shot, and they used that in uh, the show when Redford was shot in the hotel room by uh, uh, Barbara Hershey. And uh, that's where they that came into the play. And if you pull that up on Google and look at that, I just found that interesting in that regard. So Eddie Watkus, W-A-T-K-U-S. Meanwhile, today in sports history, the 1950 White Sox released Luke Appling, who had been a Sox since 1930. And Luke Appling, I remember forget one of the uh, old-timers all-star games played in Washington. They moved the fences a little bit, and he had a home run off of uh, Bob Feller at 75 years old, Mm. and he was the oldest participant, and they had a rocking chair for him right outside (laughs) the dugout for Luke Appling. He might have hit the ball maybe 275 feet, but uh, it got out of the ballpark. Luke Appling. uh, In 1953 on this date, the Supreme Court rules that Major League Baseball exempt from antitrust laws. 
1965. Say hey, kid. That's right. Willie Mays was named the MVP of the National League. I think he hit over 50 home runs that year, too. 1976, Oakland A's release your boy, number 26, Billy Williams, ending his Hall of Fame career. Stopped collecting baseball cards at that point. Uh, That was was it uh, for me. Anyway, in 1982, uh, Brewers Robin Rout wins the AL MVP unanimously. They wanted to look that up and see how many unanimous uh, uh, MVPs there were over the period of time. Not many. 1982, Sugar Ray Leonard on this day retires for the first time. And on uh, continued into boxing in 84, Larry Holmes TKO's Bone Crusher Smith in 12 for the heavyweight boxing title. In 96, Evander Holyfield upsets Mike Tyson in the 11th round knockout in Las Vegas to retain the WBA heavyweight boxing title, uh, second boxer after Muhammad Ali to win heavyweight titles three times. And on this date in 2021, 105-year-old Julia Hawkins sets the world record first as a woman and first American her age to run 100 meters in the Senior Olympics. Mm. Amazing. And she's still living to this day. And I want to say uh, she's from, I thought I had to put it down, but uh, I want to say she's from this area too. 105 years old. She is 106. Her birthday's in February, February 10th, wow. I do believe. Still with us. Birthdays today, 1931. The White Rat, Whitey Herzog. Course of the Cardinals for many years, born in New Athens, Illinois. Also a former Cardinal born on this day, Bob Gibson, Rapid Bob Gibson, the Hall of Fame pitcher, Cy Young Award winner, and uh, history's 1.12 ERA in 68. Also born on this date in 1942, Tom Waskoff, uh, American golfer, British Open champ, senior Open champ, uh, uh, born in Maslion, Ohio. And a local, uh, 1970, born on this day, former LSU Tiger pitcher for the Cleveland uh, Guardians now, but Indians back there, born in Lake Charles. Chad Ogier was uh, born on this date. Uh, anyway, the quote of the day, Evander Holyfield, boy, as, uh, we'll go back to him since we talked about him when he upset Tyson. I beat Larry Holmes uh, and George Foreman. I whipped Mike Tyson twice. I had my ear chewed off and spat on the ground in front of me. I've seen everything it's possible to see in boxing. And Evander Holyfield, I still think he calls Atlanta home or the Atlanta area home. So today in sports history, November 9th, hump day. And, uh, Jeff, uh, pretty much it, unless you have uh, something you maybe saw late coming across the lines. Well, I saw this earlier today, uh, not breaking, but – Yesterday, you talked about the uh, sack uh, loss of yards for Lamar Jackson, and you were trying to figure out uh, two of those were zero. Two of those sacks. But they call it a sack? But, and Lamar Jackson not real pleased about that. Uh, he was griping about that yesterday. Yeah, because they had three sacks for two yards. I mean, how do you... We yeah. have a half yard sack. Exactly. And, and, uh, and now you're telling me two of them for zero. How do you get zero and call it a sack? Yeah. Again, um, and who knows if he wasn't going to run, but he was just going to go back to pass and then take off on a quarterback draw. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, so that's uh, a wrap uh, as far as I have today. And I, I also, so uh, today in sports history, Jeff, uh, we'll be back tomorrow with a couple coaches and uh, more sports history on uh, November the 10th tomorrow, Big Thursday. And, of course, big thanks to our guest today, Rick Hudson at Highland Baptist. Before that, Delcom's Artie Lauza. And we thank our sponsors, including the Headache and Pain Center, Schwing Insurance, Cane Row Golf and Turf Club, the Quarter Tavern, L.A. Classic Roofing, and Jacob Landry, candidate for state rep.